Ashley Brockreen, Diane Palmer's book, Renegade Chapter 14. And I'm going to have trouble doing this chapter because I breeze, breeze through it. And Cassie's suffering from a PTS episode. And I can't scream because I'll wake up my kids. So it's going to not be screaming. Rory was delighted to be living with Cash and Tippy. He quickly made friends with a boy his own age who lived three doors down from Cash, the son of one of Cash's police officers. The boys had a lot in common, especially video games. Cash outfitted Rory with the latest ones, which the boys shared with his new friend. Tippy, meanwhile, was falling more deeply in love with Cash by the day, but since Rory's arrival, he'd been resistant. She wondered why. He told her that something was pending that she might not approve of, but he wouldn't tell her what it was. She made popcorn and they watched a movie about mercenaries that Rory was crazy to see, cashed that through its tight lived and excused himself early, pleading fatigue. Did the movie upset him, do you think? Rory asked his sister. She hugged him gently. I'm not sure, she confessed. Maybe. He never talks about the job or his past. He keeps so many secrets. One day he'll tell you, he said calmly. Think so? She smiled, but she had her doubts. He hadn't opened up to her, not really, since the day he blurted out the things his ex-wife had done. He was teasing, affectionate, kind, but he was a decent... Distant as the moon, tonight was worrying. Something very, really upset him. Tippy wished he'd tell her what it was. Later that night, in the wee hours, Tippy awoke to an unfamiliar sound. Cash was yelling. Tippy heard his deep voice echoing down the hall. It was tormented, husky, groaning. It took a minute for her to get her bearings, and she, she made sure she was awake. She sat up in bed listening. Perhaps she'd been dreaming. But no, there it was again, that horrible horse shouting. She got up in her long blue silk gown, walked barefoot down the hall. Her hair in a glorious tangle around her face, she still flushed with sleep. She pushed open the door to Cash bedroom and walked up the side of the bed. After a minute, she realized that she wasn't alone. Rory was standing on the other side of the bed, hesitating. They exchanged worried glances before they could speak. Cash world. I can't do it. Cash me. I can't. Showed him. For God's sake. He's a little boy. No. No, son. Don't do it. Don't make me. Don't. Sis, I don't know if we should wake him up. Rory said when she'd been instantly over the threshold. It might be dangerous. Dangerous, she bared hesitantly. A lot of shoulders and policemen sleep with a pistol, he pointed out. She told she thought what a tragedy this could turn out to be if she woke him in. He thought she was an enemy shoulder. She would have shot. No, Cash groaned harshly, throwing off the covers. He was wearing black silk boxer shorts, nothing else. His hairy chest was damp with sweat like his dark fangy wavy hair. He was thrashing about people. I killed it. I killed him, damn you, for making me take the shot. Damn you all. Get me out of here. Make them stop, God in heaven. Make them stop. Tippy sat down beside him on the bed, placed his soft hand flat in the center of his mustard chest. Cash, he was hurting. Cash, wake up. I can't do this anymore. He was panicked. Cash, she pushed down hard on his chest. Split second later, she was on her back with a steely forearm pin in her throat. Cash, it's Tippy. It's Tippy. He came awake at once. His eyes glanced him. And while suddenly focused on his hostage, he let a girl and sat up. His breath caught in his throat as he realized what he could have done to her. He had a nightmare. She whispered, sounding choked. Her hands went to her red neck. I told her not to. Or <laughs> defended her. Cash got his breath slowly. Did I hurt you? He asked Tippy in a strange voice. No. I was only frightened, she said, setting up to him. You were having a nightmare, she added huskily. So I did looking from her to Roy. This was stupid. He told both of them flatly and without apology. Look at this. Just toward the 40-mile automatic that hung in a holster from his bedroom. It's loaded. I've slept like this for most of my adult life. I could have shot you. 
It isn't wise to sleep with a loaded gun when there are children in the house, to be pointed out. I am not a child, Roy said indignantly. He has a point. Cash replied, So do I, to be muttered. Cash let out a long breath, flipped the clip off out, and expelled the single bullet in the chamber. He put the whole works in his bedside drawer. There, I'll get a case and a trigger lock for tomorrow. And what a fine mess we'll be in if of our man coming through the window one dark night. Are you expecting any to be one of them? I'm always expecting them. He said, I have enemies. Listen, we have the terrific police force at Jacobsville. She began, I'm not laughing, Tippy. He ran his big hands through his damp hair and leaned forward with his elbows on his propped up knees. He was sick with fear. He was used to guns to having them around. But tonight brought home exactly how dangerous it was to keep a loaded gun in the bedroom. It was a mistake. He, he never make again. You want anything to drink? Oh, yeah. I feel like a Coke. No, I don't want anything, Cash said. Tippy just shook her head. We'll be back in a few minutes, Roy said. He went out the door. You should be in bed, Cash said. He was in bed. So we heard you shouting at the top of your lungs. Tippy was glad she moved further onto the bed. Drew her legs up on her. Talk to me, Grier, she said gently. Get it off your chest. You'll feel better. He leaned back against the pillows and glared at her, the faint light from the nightlight. And the wall Come on, she goes. You know all my secrets. She had a point, but he hesitated. He never forgot what his wife had done to him. She reached out and touched his bare muscular arm hesitantly. His chest was thick with dark hair, very muscular. He was delightful to her eyes, although she tried not to lose her too much. I don't send judgment on anybody. Not with my past. And I'm not going to meet you at the door with my suitcases, no matter what you tell me. She had it from me. That's what I thought once before he bit off. I'm not here because you're rich. I'm not here because you're rich, she said bluntly. His daughter, if you're insinuating. I'm stating a fact, General. No woman who loved you would do what she did. You don't walk out on people in pain or turn away from them because of something they once did. True love is unconditional. You know, he shouted sarcastically. Her eyes touched his hard, lean face with his faint scars, and she smiled. As a matter of fact, I would, she said softly. Her soft dance played over his hair, rough and muscled up his chest. He misunderstood the woods. He thought she made Colin, the man she lived with. He burned his eyes and fought to keep his breath steady. The nightmare, the old familiar one, had nerved him briefly. You don't know what I have to, to live with. He shot a boy. His eyes darted up to her. How the hell would you know? You were shouting it, she said to me. I watched the evening news along with the rest of the world. I'm totally aware that in third world countries, primarily units have plenty of little boys who can use AK-47s or even a K-bar if they have to. He scrowled. She wasn't horrified. She wasn't even shocked. Colin fought in Vietnam, Cash, she said softly. He told me all about it. Things you'd never think he'd seen. He was so cultured, so worldly, but he watched children die, too. I know things about war that even Rory couldn't guess. He began to relax. He said, I fought in the Middle East, in South America, in the jungles of Africa. I didn't make big money, but I learned that there's a price you pay for that sort of quick profit. I'm still paying it. She reached out to touch his mouth gently, but just her finger. You have nightmares. So do I, in fact. She added as a pale face appeared around the door. So does Rory, right? She asked her little brother. Came in the room and closed the door. Sam beat me up so bad that I almost died. He agreed tumbling in the bed on the other side of the couch. I wake up screaming in the middle of the night sometimes. So does she. He had an untoward sister. Cash let out the breath he'd been home back. <laughs> so do I. He could best But you won't any more tonight, Rory said, climbing under the carpet. Good night, sis.
It wasn't the time to force answers out of reluctant cash. She liked Rory's impish idea better. After all, he could kick them out of bed if he didn't like it. She amused. Tippy lifted the shit in bed's sheet and bedspread and crawled in on the other side of Cash, moving to pillow her, her cheek on his bed, bed, bare shoulder. She smiled and sighed softly, closing her eyes. She felt as if she'd come home. Good night, Rory. Good night, Cash. Rory added drowsily. Good night, Cash. Tippy seconded and yawned. It was still very early in the morning. Wind was howling outside and it was starting to rain. She thought absolutely what a great blessing it was just to have a warm dry safe place to sleep at night people took it too much for granted in her youth she spent many a lonely frightening night on the streets before colin had found her cash hesitated as he felt the soft warmth of two bodies beside him in the darkness he felt safe he felt warm it was raining cats and dogs and the wind sounded cold he lay back with a confused sigh he wanted to protest he didn't need company or comfort he was a tough guy he could take care of himself and his own nightmares, but after a minute, the soft, warm weight of Tippy's body on one side and Rory's on the other knocked the fight out of him. What the hell? He closed his eyes, and he slipped. Cash didn't mention anything about having two bedmates when he got up to work. Go to work the next day. For several days, he kept himself, taking time to show Rory how to make a warm worm bed and even taking him fishing. Tippy wasn't invited, but she really she didn't really mind. She liked seeing Rory so happy. Early one morning while Rory was still asleep and Cash had gone out with a nod. Tippy smiled as she heard the slight noise outside the kitchen door. Mrs. Jewel was out shopping, but Cash must have forgotten something. She thought as she put the iron skillet on the stove to make herself some eggs, she heard the screen door open, but no key was inserted in the lock. Instead the door knob was rattled heart with a heart racing thoughts of the would-be kidnappers coming after her, she almost panicked she almost forgotten about being in danger in the routine of the past few weeks but now all her instincts were bristling there was a hard kick at the door now as if someone outside was trying to break it in she grabbed up the phone fumbled a little now 911 was shaking hands all the time watching the window james grier came to 911 officer and surprised voice on the line <sighs> It's Tippy Morris, but someone's trying to break in. Please send someone out as quickly as you possibly can. I'll dispatch a unit right now, Miss Moore. Please stay on the line. Miss Moore, Tippy had laid the phone down, grabbed up the large iron skillet in both hands, as the door was starting to part company from the jam. She'd been a victim all her life, one way and another. First, Sam stands victim. Then every pushy male, males, then the kidnappers who threatened her life. She was tired of being a victim. She moved to the side of the door so that it wouldn't hit her when the, the determined intruder broke in. Her heart was racing and she was frightened, but she wasn't going to back down. Not now. This man was going to pay for the sins of every man who'd ever attacked her. She tightened her hand on the cold handle of the skillet. Its very weight was reassuring. The noise was louder now as the determined person outside began to throw his weight against the door. It was splintering. It was over and flimsy now and somehow fragile another two hard blows and it was knocked back on its hinges tall thin man and denim in a knit shirt burst into the kitchen with a gun in one hand alas a target tippy swirled the flying pan with all her might the gun went flying and the man shrieked ironically his pain gave her strength break into my house will you she raced she swung the iron skillet as at his shoulder, and he yelled again in pain. She lowered it and swung it at his kneecap. Attack me with a gun, will you? I'll cripple you. He was screaming now, hopping on one leg, holding his hand and favoring his shoulder as he tried to back toward the shattered door jam. Tippy kept coming. She was furious. <laughs>
This man invaded her home, threatened her person. She didn't care if she went to jail for assault. He was going to pay for trying to kill her. You could tell Sam Stetton that he's dark meat. She yelled at him, swinging the heavy pan again at her shoulder. <laughs> once she already hit once, screamed again, tripped as he tried to back away from her. I'm not going to hide in a closet while he sends pawns come like you to shoot me up before he's trail. Help! The intruder cried someone to his knees. <laughs> he scrambled out the door to be at the prime friend lift for another blow when sirens screamed down the stall street. And the three police guards, one of them containing cash, screeched to a halt at the driveway. Seconds later, uniformed officers with sidearms drawn, the ready position stormed up the house. Get down on your knees and put your hands behind your head now. Cash yelled at the man with his pistol leveled at the man. He hoped he sounded calm. His heart was about to beat him to death. He'd been so afraid that he'd been too late to save Pippi. I can't live my arms, man. So she hit me. She tried to kill me. I want protection. Rory came into the kitchen and out of the back stoop, rubbing his eyes, still dressed in pajama bottoms, stared when he saw all the police cars. What's going on? He asked Tippy, drawing attention to her. Police officer, including Cash. I suddenly noticed Tippy too. She was holding a huge iron skeleton both in her hands. <laughs> her flaming hair was raised around her flushed face like a halo. She was still wearing her green satin pajamas <laughs> and the loose rope. And she looked so beautiful that for an instant the policemen were simply starstruck. Cover him, Cash yelled at two of his officers who managed to pull out of the trances and get to work on the suspect. Tippy was breathing hard. Her green eyes were still flaming. She came down the steps toward the insurer. Save me. I'll tell you everything. Just get me away from her. By now, neighbors on both sides of the street were standing on their lawns, gaping at the unexpected bit of theater that broke the monotony of routine. Mo Monday morning, one of the elderly women was opening the chuckle. <laughs> Tippy, Cash, I saw a place to to are you okay, sweetheart? She nodded breathless, the endearment in the concern. She lowered the frying pan. <clears throat> I thought it was you. Tilly rattled the doorknob and started breaking it. She took a deep breath, her eyes on the suspect who was being led away to a police car. Cash was still getting his own breath back. He holds her to service revolver blindly. Dark eyes right on her face. Are you sure he didn't hurt you? She smiled We It was sort of the other way around. I got really mad when I saw the gun in his hand. Cash eyes. Gun. She nodded. It's on the floor in the kitchen. I knocked it out of his hand. She said, I feel sick. Don't let them see it. He said quickly, catching her. You'll spoil the image. She sucked in her breath. I'm okay, she whispered. Just don't let me fall. Not a chance, he promised. She turned to the officers. Thanks, guys, she said in her pretty, breathless voice. She smiled and they just stared heavily. His pistol's on the floor of the kitchen. I think he meant to shoot me. It was armed? One of the young officers asked the gas. He nodded. Looked like a forty-five to me, she had it. I'll retrieve it. Give me an evidence back. I'll retrieve it. Give me an evidence back, Harry. And call one of our investigator. I know it's his day off, Cash added. When the young officer seemed as you won't mind, trust me. Sure, the officer said one. Glad you're okay, Miss Moore. He had her with a smile. She smiled back. The other officers were still smiling. You hit him with a frying pan? Rory was trying to get a handle and said, Gosh, that was brave. He had I'm going to call Jake and tell him. He took off toward the living room. Come on, Cash told Tibby with an arm around her waist.
I'll carry the skill for you, darling. He whispered mischievously and with a wicked grin. We wouldn't want you to strain yourself or anything. She burst out laughing as she handed over. Gonna arrest me for assault? She whispered. That depends. Are you planning to assault me? First chance I get, she replied teasingly. He went inside with her, his eyes angry. On the bus, the door and door jam, and more angry when he saw the 45 automatic on the floor. He imagined all sorts of horrible scenarios. He and his men would have. Yeah, his men would never have made it in time to save her despite their haste. She hadn't had that skillet. He pulled her against him and kissed her with feverish desperation. She clung to him, giving back the hard kiss. He was passionately aroused. She fell down to her bones. Her legs began to shake with mingled excitement and place delayed fear. He could have killed you, he ground out as his mouth slid down to her silky warm throat. Shudder went through his powerful body. Damn him. She slid her arms around his hard waist and laid her cheek on his uniform shirt. I wasn't even afraid when it was happening. She said, really, I guess you're rubbing off on me. That's what it looks like to me, too. Came an amused draw from the door. That's what it looks like to me, too. Came an amused draw from the door. She ran across, crashed his chest to see Judd Dunn walking in the room. Cash glanced at her and smiled. She took him on by herself with this. He lifted the arse skeleton in his free hand. When we got here, he was crawling away from her to top speed, screaming for help. Chad's eyes twinkled and he burst out laughing. I'll be damned. The neighbors will live on this for weeks. Cash sighed, looking down at Timmy's office. Rory's in the living room, calling his friends to brag on his sister. Elegant, famous, Miss Moore. Found an assassin with a cast iron skillet. I didn't get my eggs, she muttered. I was just putting the pan on the stove when he came along. You think he's part of Sam Stanton's outfit yet? The one who got away in New York? Likely, Cash replied. But he seemed willing to confess anything a minute ago. We saved him from you. <laughs> he had a foot the chuckle. <laughs> if I don't get my breakfast soon, he's gonna need saving. He said. She moved away from Cash and reclaimed his Eggs, anyone? She asked me to be nonchalantly back to the stove. Where she, where the two men looked on with pure delight. Tippy had cooked supper for the three of them, despite Cash's objections. He felt that she needed rest after the ordeal earlier. Offered to take them out to a restaurant. She wouldn't let him. She needed to keep busy. She told him one dude to brood about something that was already over. She's like that. Roy told Cash with a grin, giving his sister a teasing glance. She never complains, no matter how bad things get. I noticed, Cash replied. He finished his piece of steak and washed it down with coffee. He was still streaming over the ease with which the third kidnapper had made his way into town and into the house without arousing suspicion. He scrapped up the coffee as if it were responsible for all his problems. Is it too weak? Tippy asked immediately. He glanced at her. What? The coffee? He lifted his... No. It's just right. You're upset because the man got into the house. She began. Gas growled grew thunderous. You'll just have to get used to it, Roy told him conversationally. She reads minds. I noticed. Gas said his lips making a thin line. Then he realized that he was being difficult when she was the one who needed comfort and understanding. Sorry. He added. She only smiled. It's okay, she replied. I should be apologizing. I don't mean to be obnoxious. <laughs> you just read minds. He finished for her. Only mine and yours, Ray told her. She can't do it with other people. Gash still. She can't? Well, she said, finishing his mastery. She tries, but it never works. That made a huge difference. It was as if he and Rory were part of her. He never felt that way before. Not even during his brief marriage. Well, 
was really bothering was the fear he felt when he knew that an intruder was in his house, that Tippy was in danger. He had anticipated it. During the scan minutes it took him to get to the scene, he had held images of what happened to her, been happening to her. He'd been in impotent and he didn't like it worse the fear he felt for her safety was different from any fear he'd ever felt in his life she was already part of him part of his life if you lost her want some ice cream tippy asked the vernon you got chocolate i'm not really hungry for dessert me neither it's been a long day he got up excusing himself from the table formally went around to hug his sister close i'm glad you're okay he said in his eyes his eyes you've all got not true guys said quietly you got me too. Murray lifted his head and looked with faint surprise at the older man. He'd been thinking of himself as a nuisance for weeks now, but Cash was smiling. Thanks. Worked both ways, you know. Yeah, I'll save you if I could. Cash's expression was curious, mingling affection with quiet pride. He smiled back. I'll remember that. I'm going to watch that new adventure movie you brought home. If it's okay, Murray told okay. Sure, go ahead. There's not so much on television tonight anyway. Thanks. He's gone on flash, leaving Tippy and Cash alone together at the table. Toward with his empty cup. Not a refill, she asked, noting the restless movement. I wouldn't mind a second cup, he agreed. She got up to pour, but as she put it down in front of him, he caught her hand and pulled her gently onto his lap. When I joined the army, I didn't really have a career in mind. He told her quietly while he settled her comfortably with her hand, head on her shoulder, and one of her slender hands in his own. I finished college there, but in the meantime, my sergeant noticed that I never missed on the rifle range. He recommended me for a special top-secret unit. Unit. I was given an assignment, which I fulfilled. His hand tightened on her. I can't go into particulars. Most of what I did was classified. Suffice it to say that the job required me to kill. She didn't move or speak. She's afraid he stopped talking. It was the first time he trusted her enough to discuss this secret, which he since he told only one other person in his life, his ex-wife, had walked out on him. Tippy knew that she never would. No matter what he told her, she loved him too much. Look down her face. No comment, he asked her. You're talking. I'm listening, she said softly. I know this must be hard for you. I'm not judging or criticizing, but I think it would do you good to talk about it. He laughed on that was what I thought once before. She reached her hand up to his lean face and stroked his cheek gently. This isn't the past, and I'm no coward. He seemed to relax Certainly he dismissed any discussion about this that this afternoon, he murmured. You'd be a local legend for the rest of your life, she grinned. You think so, I do. He shifted her into a more comfortable position, but he was listening. I did two black op jobs before it started getting to me. Got out of the army, but my reputation with me went with me. At no time I was on everybody's list for special assignments, freelance. I let them convince me that my hang-ups would vanish in time, that I was doing a necessary job to make the world safe. I bought the explanation. I worked for various agencies on our country and others, often cooperating with crack commando units as a sniper. I was fluent in several languages as well, which didn't hurt, and I could repair... I could repair anything electronic. I was never out of work. During a long breath, and his dark eyes became haunted. Then one night, I started having nightmares, real vivid screaming nightmares. I saw dead faces. First, it was once awake. Then every other day, his face was talking with me. I thought if I gave up the job, then it might go away. 
had all the money I would ever need for the freelance jobs, safe in the Swiss bank. I was living on luck. It was only a matter of time until it ran out, so I quit and came back to the States. I worked in law enforcement here in Texas for years until I ended up with the Rangers. I want a woman had lunch one day, pretty little brunette, who was always giving me the eye. She flirted outrageously with me, and so I gave in and asked her out. After the first date, she moved in with me. Two weeks later, we were married. Tip was trying out to fill Jess and failed miserably. That was quick. That was quick. Yes, yeah, too quick. What I didn't know was that she was a cousin of an old army buddy of mine. He didn't know what sort of work I did for the army buddy. Didn't know that I lived high. He told her I had money. She loved diamonds in high fashion. I was too smitten to notice that she only tolerated my touch and the talk and the tolerance got better as the presents got a little more expensive. She grimaced. Must have been painful to learn that. It was. His face on I was crazy about her. She seemed to be in love with me at the time. She got pregnant and I was over the moon. I never considered kids until then, but the first plush of impending fatherhood made a fool out of me. He had to try to downplay his feelings because of the baby. Him tippy and lost. So in a fit of honesty, I sat down and told her the story of my life. The rest you know. She walked out. Later, I heard that she planned to get rid of the baby anyway. When she enjoyed putting the blame on me, she thought it would get her more alimony. She searched his face did it. I had a good attorney. He was a former merc with great self-skills. He had her watched, and he had her phone tapped. He had evidence that wasn't admissible in court, but it was enough to frighten her into taking a lump sum payment. She agreed. I cut the check, and I haven't seen her since. Do you still think about her? Tippy asked, having avoided the questions she wanted most to ask him. He still loved him. Sometimes he confessed and he smiled, but not with pleasure or any lingering desire. I was feel as if I had a lucky escape. <laughs> she smiled back at her. How did you end up in Jacksville? I couldn't settle down as a ranger, so I applied for the only job going at the Houston, only job going at the Houston DA's office as a cybercrime expert. I had a lot of experience as a hacker while I was doing those odd jobs for military entities. He shook his head, but it didn't work out. I was even more of an outsider there. I didn't seem to be able to fit in anywhere. My reputation followed me around. <laughs> looked down on her with a faint smile before he continued. I was forever running into men who knew me. They ex exaggerated some of the things I'd done. The fact that I kept to myself made it all the more believable. Some stroked her long fingernails absolutely. Just when I thought I might re enlist in the army, my cousin Chet came to see me in Houston and asked if I'd be interested in a job as assistant police chief here in Jacksville. That was before Ben Brady became an acting mayor, or I'd never have been hired. But then mayor and the city council voted me in a not and muniously with Chet's approval. I've been here ever since. No hankering to leave and go back to the wildlife, she cooed softly. Some, he had admit, he looked down at her as in, in his arms, so beautiful, so warm and soft-skinned. He felt a lump in his heart. Until just recently, he had in a deep, deep husky tone, her eyes glistened. Why? He shrugged, glancing at her, slid her hand, pressing into his shirt for him while he crushed her hand. I don't know. My life has changed since you and Rory came into it. Especially since you both came to Jakesville. I feel, if I, I feel as if I'm part of a family. <laughs> For the first time in my life.
she didn't usually cry, but she was still overtaken from the afternoon's ordeal, and the words knocked the press out of her. Did he mean what she thought he did? Saw the tears overflow in her eyes, making wet pass down her cheeks. What's wrong? That's how I feel, she confessed. She confessed. And Rory, too. He felt light and smiled absently. You do, do you? She nodded. He hugged her close and bent to kiss her. It was the most tender caress she'd had in her life. She returned it with the same tenderness. He closed his eyes. He felt as if he'd come home. She rested her cheek on his chest and listened to his heartbeat. Rory peeked in the door. Oops, sorry. Cash up. Come back here, he said. Tippy sat up, her eyes a little red, but still laughing. What is it, Cash Ash? Roy woke both eyes. There's an old Belushi vampire movie on. Vampire movie? Cash explained almost up before Tippy as he got to say, Sorry, baby. He said gently, But I'm a Belushi fanatic. Tippy slipped open. You are, Six Lane, really? They're her favorites, or he interjected. They exchanged quick glances. Popcorn. Cash asked hopefully. Microwave, she agreed and ran to put it on. The day so stressful had become magic. Tippy knew somewhere deep down that she and Cash had a future. She'd never been so certain of anything. She looked at him as if he went into the living room with Rory. One arm around the boy's shoulder. He paused just long enough to look back at her and wink. The walls were coming down, she thought. Tippy had thought that her outsort fame as a frying pan wilder would be a one-day wonder, but the Fourier didn't die down, and two days later, a tabloid broke the story of Tippy's hand to a frying pan fight with the third kidnapper, who'd been arrested and carried back to New York City by two federal Martians, who were still laughing when they drove away. But the story was a great deal more intimate than Tippy had expected. A local physician, Dr. Lou Cotran, had stated for the record that Miss Moore lost her child through the cruel actions of a nameless assistant director on the film she was currently working on. Cotran had Assisted, asserted that Tippy's agony at the loss was punctuated. Joe Harper had been called as well to contribute to the story. Harper told the tabloid that Miss Moore was so important to the film that they refused to resume shooting until she was completely well. Furthermore, Mr. Harper added he was already having the script altered to reflect her innovation frying pan defense against a fictional intruder in the movie. Even though wire surfaces picked up the story because it was in the Jacobsville paper as well as the Houston and San Antonio papers. There was one last comment from Jacobsville Police Chief Cascriver that he and Miss Moore were to be married was in the month. End of chapter 14.